Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. As travel gets back to pre-pandemic levels, the number of people going abroad for dental and cosmetics work are also going up. And thanks in no small part to the fact that the rip-off Ireland is alive and well. And also because we are a bit more image conscious than we've ever been before. And a few months back, uh, we had Dr. David Lucy on the show. He's an Irish trained doctor with 19 years experience and a background in both surgery and oncology as well. So he is actually a doctor. And he is also uh, the beauty doc with premises in Dublin city centre where he provides cosmetic surgery like Botox and fillers and helps those who have gone abroad for treatments but had not so many good results. And he joins me on the line. And by the way, if you want to text or WhatsApp, if you've been abroad, you know, got the teeth done in Turkey, or got the hair done somewhere else, or the boobs done somewhere else, or you had a problem, or you didn't have a problem, I want to hear from you. The number is 087-188-0008. You can WhatsApp or text. Let us know what your experience has been if you did get surgery or dental or hair or whatever it was done abroad. Uh, Dr. David Lucy, the beauty doc, how are you? You know, I love to join you. Um... Certainly, this is an increasing problem. Okay. Um, and, you know, there's a recent study by an, by an Irish doctor, Dr. Cullen, which showed that when you look at the bariatric surgery, which is surgery for weight loss, they reckon that 8 to 10 patients per week are presenting Irish hospitals with complications of bariatric surgery, which is carried out abroad. Now, what, um, is, what is that surgery? That, is that the surgery where they get the balloon so put inside them? Like, so much by, bypasses. Okay. Like... Yeah, this kind of uh, like weight loss surgery where essentially so they, they're sewing up their stomach, restricting the size or the emptying on the stomach to basically reduce appetite. People feel fuller quickly, so they, you know, tend to lose weight. But wow. there are significant complications that can arise from that. And one of the great problems, of course, is that if you run into serious problems and you've returned home or vice versa, the surgeon has come to Ireland and has returned to their home country, you know, there's a sizable chance that, in fact, you're not fit to travel. And if you present then to the Irish kind of health service, then the only person who really knows what's gone on is the person who's operated. Quite often in that scenario, they're not going to have the medical notes or the full details. And so it's like getting your car fixed somewhere and having a problem with it. It's like kind of getting your car fixed somewhere, have a problem, and then bring it back to a different mechanic. You know, it's yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. But you know, it, it it depends. You know, it kind of the 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 risk increases with the risk of surgery. So that you know, something like bariatric surgery, which it says kind of weight loss surgery, has a, has a fairly high complication rate as opposed to something like hair transplantation. Now, on you know, involve that as a medical director. But certainly we get people coming back and they, you know, are very unhappy. And then we, you know, they come to us, they're unhappy, they're not replying to the messages, they refuse to see them. And then we're like, okay, do we want to send this out as a brand? We're going to, you know, it's not like we can fix that. In fact, we'd have to always charge them more to kind of rectify it and, and redo it. So it is an ongoing problem and it's an increasing problem. Um, but do you understand why people are desperate and they do it abroad? Because it's attractive, of course. The price is attractive and people are attracted by price. As long as they, and most people will have a look online and they see a fancy clinic with lovely shiny floors and it looks lovely, it looks great. It may not be like that when you get over there. And, and you know, some of them are fun and a lot of people have a good experience. You know, the, the fact of the matter is that if, if people shop around what they're quoted when they go, 
abroad to the likes of Turkey and Greece are the highest prices here. But in fact, a lot of kind of clinics, and uh, you know, I'm an aesthetic doctor, I'm not a, I'm not a cosmetic surgeon, um, but a lot of things have adapted to that. And in fact, if they look around, there's not actually a huge price differential if you include like going there or bringing your partner or their recuperation time or going back for follow-up visits. But but I mean, we've se- we've seen compa- yeah, but we've seen comparisons, David. When it, we let's let's talk about teeth, for example, Turkey is the famous mm. place. Uh, they call them the Turkey teeth. And we've seen comparisons where in Ireland here to get, you know, a set of implants, for example, or whatever it is, you know, for a full set. There was one guy in the paper that did a comparison recently and it was an opinion piece, I think, in the Irish Independent. And I think he paid or he was asked to pay something like 24000 or 25000 here. And I don't know what he got done, to be honest with you. But he went up north and got them done for half the price. Now... That's only up the road, literally across the board. I suppose there is a kind of. So the, there why is, is there of, such you know, a why a is there a disparity? Well. Why is there such a disparity in the prices? I think sometimes? it's more regulated here, but also you know for the kind of person of journalism, you know, for instance, if you look at hair transplantation, you could, you know, there are places that will charge twenty thousand here, and there are places that will charge four thousand here. So you know, uh, you know, you go to Turkey, it might cost two and a half, three thousand, but then there's extra costs, you know, aligned with that. And certainly, if you have a problem, there are extra costs again. So I think that there is. You know, a bit of a selection bias in terms of. I mean, there there is a real disparity, I think, particularly in dentistry. But you know, you have to look at what is the cost you get it wrong, and they're not prepared to correct that because not only do you have your original problem, and it's actually you have that problem taken out. It's a bit like trying to get a builder to take over, you know, a kind of a failed project. It's not going to be cheaper. In fact, it's going to be more expensive to undo that work and more or less start again from the from the roots up and no pun intended, and have that, you know, re-kind of designed and, and redone. But, you know, at the serious end of the scale, you know, you can have serious repercussions from that because, as I said, you're going into probably a not very receptive audience um, saying, I've had this done somewhere else. These guys aren't taking my calls, and now I want this rectified, but I'm not, I'm a layperson, I'm not exactly sure what I've had done. Yeah, and I don't have the money to go private, so I'm going to end up exactly. having to go into a hospital or, to a, or into a public setting. And I did speak to a dentist recently, and he said the amount of people that come to him who've had work done abroad, and they come to him, they say, can you fix these? They're all crooked, or there's something wrong with them, or whatever, they're falling back out again. And he goes, not my problem. And he said, I just don't get involved. He said, it's not my problem. And he says, you know, I can't fix somebody else's work. I just can't do it, and I won't well, do it. you know, it's a roulette wheel, Niall, and it's like... So, you know, a lot of people are come back and, and they're happy and they're the stories you see. And then equally, the people who would present to me are people who are deeply unhappy and there's their own, its own selection bias with that and that I'm, maybe the same clinic has made many people happy. But, you know, the, the bottom line is that if you want into serious complication, you want to be, to be able to access whoever has done that procedure in a very timely manner. And, you know, if you go abroad, you really often don't have that option. What are the most common procedures at the moment? We mentioned hair transplants and teeth already. And we also mentioned, obviously, you know, people who are eating too much and they feel they need to get their stomach size reduced, which I think is quite extreme, by the way, to deal with the problem. I think it's like a sledgehammer to tackle a nut, but however, um, they would be reasonably common. But what are the other common things that people are getting so the, done? The World Cost Surgeons took, brought out a, a, a paper last year on the best practices in cosmetic surgery. And if you look at the top kind of five procedures worldwide, there'd be breast augmentation, liposuction, eyelid surgery, rhinoplasty, which is basically nose jobs, and abdominoplasty, uh, which is generally kind of like, I suppose, commonly known as a tummy tuck. Um, so so that's, that, is that removing spare skin if you've lost weight? 
Yes, or to remove some skin and the fat beneath it and then essentially take out an ellipse of tissue and then sew it as a straight line in, in essence. Right, okay. Um, so that, that generally is kind of along those lines. So they were the most common things um, differ between men and women. So for, so for men, it will be like eyelid surgery, what we call a blepharoplasty, where, again, this is not my realm. I, I, I do injectables. I'm not, I'm not a plastic surgeon, but these would be eyelid surgery, so, so, and what, what, so but sorry for interrupting. But what, what is eyelid surgery? When you get a bit removed, so your eyelids, you look like your eyes so are a bit more open. Let's say you have heavy eyelids, right? right? So you have a lot of soft tissue. Again, I mean, similar in a fashion to abdominoplasty, you would you would take out an ellipse of skin, and then you would sew it. You would sew a straight line. So you would take out some of the excess tissue, and then and then re-sew Jesus. it so there's no longer an excess of tissue. So, so even during the pandemic, so this this data is from 2020. So. They reckon that a quarter of a million men worldwide had eyelid surgery. And, wow. Uh, a similar number, 225,000 had uh, liposuction. About 210,000 had so, surgery for gynecomastia. So for excess kind of breast tissue, if I like a kind of... Man boobs. Uh, exactly, man boobs. And then 210,000 as well, again, for, for um, you know, nose jobs, rhinoplasty, and about 90,000 had ear surgery. So they were the most popular procedures for men in during the pandemic so and that's actually down so you, you, those you're talking about that's about 10 percent 11 percent down on what would have been the case before and probably with you know all the naval gazers happening in the last two years you'd imagine there's probably gone up a lot more than that 11 percent mm. and so it certainly is a, a, a huge booming industry um but there are consequences to this and and i said if you run into problems and you go abroad that is problematic. So you really and do you, do you get people coming into you because you're doing the injectables, obviously, uh, and you're registered? You're registered there. So we in terms of price, but in terms of transportation, I would certainly come in, have people come in, and they're unhappy with their procedures. And you know, when they're unhappy, quite often, you know, what was the kind of you know happy, clappy five star service suddenly dissipates. Mm. And, and what go, what say, goes wrong with hair with hair transplants? I'm reasonably familiar, uh, you know, with hair transplants so, so, and all that. So, 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 so I'm assuming what happens is they're promised six thousand implants or three thousand implants. They get them done and half them fall back out again. Is that, is that normally the, the problem? It's it's a combination thing. So so to, to give you kind of like a twenty second run of hair transplants, you know, it, the, the hair at the back of the head is not hormonally sensitive. The hair at the front head. Yeah, it's glandular so, hair. Yes. So you can quite often take the hairs out of the back of the head and implant, implant them kind of sapling-like in the front of the head. But if you take them out too roughly, A, you break the hairs so they don't implant properly, they don't take. But also, you scar the back of the head. So if you come in, let's say you're in your late 20s, let's say you're 50% bald on the top of your head, you can put in those transplanted hairs and they will survive, right? But the other 50% over the next 10 years may disappear through normal balding process. And so you need to retransplant. But when you go back to take it out of the harvest these hairs in the back of the head, because of the scarring, they catch, it can't be done. And so they can end up with this, something that's a lot kind of odder looking. People are used to bald heads, but that is this kind of halfway house, which can be quite odd looking and, and quite, you know, upsetting to people, particularly to younger men. Yes. Um, so, and also there are kind of cultural differences. Quite often, you know, in Turkey, they, they have the they, they, they trend or the vogue is for a lower hairline. And then they come back and people, the friends are slagging them all for having kind of... Too uh, much hair. Kind of Lego head. And, <laughs> and so, 
So then it's like, what do you do with them? And we, like, we real dilemma because we feel sorry for them. Can you like, take them back out again? Yeah, we'd, you'd have to take them out and put them back in, and they've, you know, they've spent their money, and and that, you know, that that, you know, it's a big cost to them. And we're kind of look, we're gonna like half fix this, send it out, send it out as our brand, and this guy's in front of us buying, and he, he doesn't have the cash facing what we normally charge, and you know, and and you know, it's it, it, it's a difficult dynamic for us, but it's, you know, as I said, there there is a dichotomy mm. sort of thing in, in that, you know, there are, we don't see the people who are happy, there are people who are happy. But, you know, people just need to be aware that there are risks involved. So what, what happens when a woman com- what happens when a woman comes in to you and she says, you know, I went after the girl around the corner who was advertising she does fillers. I got my lips done and now look at me. I'm like Mick Jagger. Can you take it back out again? Can you, can you take the stuff back out of their lips or back out of their well, face? I, sir? You know, I mean, God just asked me that because I probably do more than anyone in the country. You can use an enzyme to reverse uh, lip filler and... I do do that quite a lot. I'm one of the few people who will do it in other people's procedures. But you know, there is a risk of serious allergy with that, which is why it has to be done by a doctor or, or a dentist. The dentist, yeah, the girl around the corner can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, this is the great problem in the industry is that it's not regulated. Like we're regulated because you know I'm. So you know, can I? By the way, sorry, David, for interrupting. So could I just advertise tomorrow on Facebook that I'm doing lip fillers and that I'm doing Botox and, and buy the stuff and, and just do it? Morning. Yeah. You can do it in the morning now and you can decide, having done it on your system in the afternoon, that you open the school of fillers and issue certificates. And no, not even it's not even illegal to do that. You probably will be able to get insurance on those certificates. That, how, that is how unregulated it is. That's and bonkers. If, if you get into a problem and you can blind someone, you can cause all sorts of problems and you get into problems. The enzyme that you use to reverse or to dissolve that, it's illegal for you to use that because you are not a dentist or a doctor. So, so you, in fact, are not licensed to do that. So it's, the, the only kind of regulation is the kind of nine-euro meal regulation, which is Botox and hyaluronidase, which is the enzyme used to break this down. It's a prescribed product. And so the only people who prescribe things in this country are dentists and doctors, and that is very strictly regulated by the HPRA, who are the kind of mm-hmm. drug regulation authority. So it, it, it is a massive problem. Uh, it's an increasing problem. And, you know, there's not a great deal being done about it, to be honest. Okay. And um, what's, what's, I mean, in your line of work, and you've been in this business a long time now, you've 19 years' experience, and a background in both surgery and oncology as well. What's the weirdest thing somebody's asked you to do? <laughs> Put you on the spot there, um, right? <laughs> I we're past the watershed hour. I had, you know, so I dissolved a lot of fitter, as I said, and I had a, a guy ringed me one afternoon, and he was like, I hear you dissolve filler, and I guess I do. And I have that kind of a standard fee. I know where we're going with this. Go on. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so so there is such a procedure. It, generally in Russia and the U.S., and he said, well, I've had uh, filler on my penis. So it's like, are, you know, are you free this afternoon? So I've kind of gotten off on that. So like, your curiosity was actually getting to you now at this stage. Well, yeah, exactly. yeah. You're kind of like, you know, it's Monday afternoon. It's, it, you know, it's, it's not so busy, and it's like, and so I was like, fine. And then, and he was like, and I would start, and I was like, what's 200 euro? And immediately thought to myself, this should really have a higher price. There <laughs> <laughs> should be a special price for this. And um, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of, he offed he up on the table, and uh, I've never seen anything like it, but, the, you know, the man had like, uh, 
pain threshold of, of I don't know what, but um, he didn't even wince. Um, <laughs> probably won the other one. And, what, I, and I so what does the filler do? Does it make it thicker, I suppose? Is that, is that, was that the purpose of the filler? Is it to make it bigger or thicker? The Not longer, is, obviously. It's generally made of hyaluronic acid, which is the natural component of skin, which is, which is basically it's thick, right? So you add volume, it takes the body a long time to break it down, depending where it is, more kind of movement, so it lifts in like a six to nine months out of it. If it's somewhere it doesn't move a lot, let's say like the jaw, it might be like one to two years. Um, so that's the kind of basis of it. Nice. Um, but, uh, and, and yeah. by the way, are those kind of things popular? Are, are they still as popular? Like our breast implants, we went through a phase in the kind of 2000s. Oh, geez, I mean, they're, they're all on the increase. And, and yeah. they're all on the increase, I think, partly as a, as a result of you know, the huge surge in kind of social media and, and the focus on image, particularly amongst young people. Um, but also, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's become normalized, you know, that, that people were ashamed. And you find this actually, there's a kind of Dublin-centric thing, like we had this conversation today with someone who was in to me from Mayo. And she, and, and she was like, in Mayo, there's still kind of like, she, 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 she was in a in a parallel industry, a beauty industry, and she was saying she says her customers like, oh, you know, oh my god, I, I can't believe you admit that. Whereas I think in Dublin, you will find that like our city areas, you will find that people are, are now it's just kind of normal. And then if you go to like the London or, or Australia, you find again that everyone's just like, oh yeah, I'm going to have to get my hair cut and get, get my bow cut. And by the way, when when the the whole scare thing came out there, it, it, well, every five or six years, there's a kind of scare about companies who provided breast implants and there's a recall which is bizarre there's a recall because they were leaking or there was and I'm not too sure even if silicone is used I know there's there's different types of silicones there's one the more like a liquid one more like a fruit pastel type of thing jellyish and then you have the saline or saline uh, ones which are more common in the United States I mean what is the common breast implant now is it saline or is it silicone and is there still well, a scare I mean, yeah, about they, it? Yeah, they've gone away. Like, silicone's not really using anything anymore. I mean, there, there was there was kind of like a, a big hoo-ha there uh, a couple of years ago about these French implants. Pip, and, you know, yeah, the, the pip ones, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly, and so there was a whole recall on them. So, you know, some of the long-term consequences are not known. I mean, something like, you know, hyaluronic acid or Botox can be around forever. And, like, you know, so, you know, they're, they're considered very, very safe, you know, once they're administered um, in the correct manner. Um, but you know, there's always that element. But you know, uh, it, it's so th- there is, but but there's such a demand that in in a kind of paradoxical way, there's so there's such a huge throughput, and also we have a kind of uh, I suppose a lag time safety because generally it starts with South Korea is probably Russia is probably the, the the leaders, and then it goes to the likes of Brazil or mm-hmm. or Australia, and then it comes to the UK. So a bit like you know when you're going. Your country cousins in the eighties, and you know, from 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 Dublin, you saw the movies nine months ago. We are kind of getting a phenomenon. So at least it's been well and truly tested, is what you're saying. Yeah, be the guinea pig for at least half a decade before the paddies are kind of you know privy privy to to. So so there's a little bit of and and that 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 whole French the the pip thing, and I know back in the in the early part of two thousand, there was a whole scare about silicone as well. Um, and and implants and all that kind of stuff. That didn't scare people away at all. No, it didn't. Sure didn't. You're going to say no, it didn't. Of it didn't, course. You know, it is. You know, when you look at the figures, it is actually a small subset of people who who are affected. I'm not trying to belittle that, but it's like your breast implants in particular, through you know, legitimate, you know, 
like through kind of you know oncological procedures like breast you know breast cancer et cetera et cetera there's such a volume of them done and and you know and and honestly, if you look at breast cancer or these kind of things, you know, if you look at who's raising with the fundraisers for these are quite, quite predominantly middle-aged women. And so the, the data for those, so the funding for those kind of programs and, and that kind of research is, is, is abundant. And so the data tends to be very, very solid right, for okay. those. And, and also there's a big kind of slap on the wrist after that. So there's, there's a very kind of robust process by which, you know, these products have to go through. Now, by the way, is it just a doctor? I mean, when, when a woman goes to get her breasts done or or her nose done or whatever it is, I, it, I'm assuming it's a specific field. Is it just, are they medical doctors or are they just registered cosmetic surgeons? Is, I so mean, they, what's they the are, difference? So this is, interesting, this is a very interesting point because, you know, each year I have to kind of like, you know, you have to re, re-register with medical cancer, you know, period use, et cetera, et cetera. And there is no category for an aesthetic doctor, but there's also no category for a cosmetic doctor. So if a cosmetic surgeon, so in fact, I've done some surgical exams, but I am not a surgeon. You know, I've been a surgeon for many years. So it's like, you know, it's, uh, there is no issue of me calling myself a cosmetic surgeon because the medical council don't recognize that category. So it's up to me to define it. Now, in terms of like, you know, surgical procedure, there certainly are regulations around that, but that's one of the issues is that, in, a, in, an, in essence, there's kind of a little bit of snobby around it. And so they don't, kind of like, oh, we don't recognize that. But in the cosmetics themselves have, in this report, this best practice in cosmetic surgery, which we brought out last year, you know, it, it, it's not really even defined by them. What so, is so what, do they look, do, do surgeons, um, you know, medical surgeons, like heart surgeons and brain surgeons and neurologists, do they look down on you guys as being, oh, those lads? <laughs> do, they, do they look down on you guys? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I have my 20-year medical school reading. That's what I think of someone saying. Someone can be this. this. It's like, but it's uh, definitely, it's like leaving the Amish to go to aesthetic medicine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, because it is, um, it's something that's somewhat evidence-based, but a lot of it is based on your own experience because there's no specialty. And, and you know, one of the difficulties is that it's quite subjective. It's like, what's beautiful? So if I kind of go for a natural look and I say, that's great, and someone's happy, then someone goes down the road and they come out with these, Kind of Barbie list, and they're delighted, and, and they're and they're really confident, and, and and they think they're great. Who's right? Well, both of them are right. So it's like, how do you then say I'm the Dr. Lucy Beauty Doc technique, and that's the best, and that's what has to go on paper? I mean, it, it's quite difficult that it, to, to to regulate in that fashion. But what other countries have done, I've taken a pragmatic approach. Like you look at Canada and Australia, and said, look, if you're a nurse, if you're a dentist, if you're a doctor, you can do this because you have to do your kind of homework to keep up your license, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's a kind of self-regulation in that because even if you look at the products, they, they do some trial to say, mm. you know, I have Niles Elixir and I have David's Elixir. And it's like, well, my, my Elixir is far superior to Niles Elixir. And I was like, no, 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 mine's far superior to Let's do tests. Like, why would you test? Mine's the best, you know? Mm. I'm, like, looking, I'm looking at like, some of the questions, by the way. The BCS and after 40 years, like, turns actually, why, why would you have a democratic election? You've been in power for 40 years and said, why would I have an election? It's direct democracy. People want me. 
I'm, I'm looking at okay. it. Uh, okay, so I, I've encouraged people to send in some questions. By the way, if anybody wants any questions answered, oh, yeah, I'm not going to say Dave is going to answer them all for you, right? But he'll try his best. Uh, Dr. David Lucy, who is uh, uh, his clinic is in yeah, St. Sa- William Street. If they want to send me a question, absolutely no problem. Yeah, the beauty doc. But, but they're sending in questions here, and they can if they want to. 087-188-008. You can WhatsApp us. Or indeed, if you want to go to his Instagram or whatever it is, the beauty doc. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I'm looking here. Somebody says... How can I get my boobs to get bigger without implants? Is there a breast filler? That is a good question. So you can, again, I have to qualify this saying that I'm not a plastic surgeon. You know, I'm a to talk to when I do injectables. But, you know, you can get um, a kind of a lipo transfer where you basically take fat, you know, primarily from the backside or from the belly, et cetera, et cetera. You can have that injected. Um, mm. If they have small fast boobs, fast. they're most likely going to have a small bum as well, aren't they, I suppose? Yeah, well, I mean, you can eat donuts. I mean, that's quite <laughs> but it's like, but, but you can have a fat transfer, which would be a, a way of doing that. Um, you know, um, now, if you look at, like, this big hoo-ha with Madonna recently, where oh, people were wow. pretty yeah. And, you know, you have to say Madonna's, like, the lady's like about 68. I mean, she was quite good for age, I think. But you know, some people have speculated that that is because she had a fat, tra- fat transfer instead of filler. But, you, that, but that's a mental health. I mean, David, I think we all have to accept that when you get to that point that Madonna's at, I, I think, you know, people need intervention. It's a mental health issue then at that stage, isn't it? Well, again, it's, it's subjective. I mean, if she's happy, then she's happy. But, you know, a lot of people say that because they took fat, maybe from backside, which is different kind of properties to the fat in your face. I mean, there's more of a propensity to put on weight. So if you put on a bit of weight, you know, that, you know, that's what some people explain that, you know, explain the phenomenon uh, by. Mm. But, you know, it's, you know, it, you see this, it, it's quite interesting actually if you go to an aesthetic conference with aesthetic doctors. So as a, like an aesthetic doctor for 46 or a backer, like I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, even if I look like a bulldog, people don't expect me to get the treatment. Whereas women, especially, feel under pressure. They're kind of like, okay, what age are you? are 50. Well, then you should look 40. And you, and you, you see that, that people start to, particularly women working the same place, they start to look the same over time. And not because of a concerted kind of plan, but because they're all getting 2%, 2%, 2%, and they're, they're not seeing the difference themselves. But someone comes from six months in, and they're 20% difference, and they're 20% more alike. Mm. You know, so, so it depends on who, you know, who you surround yourself with. Okay, so, so the answer to the question of the person who, I'm assuming it's a woman, by the way, can I get my boobs, although I should never assume nowadays, can I get my boobs to get bigger without implants is, yes, you can, you inject fat. I'm assuming you, you can't just use, you know, fillers that you would use on your lips and stuff, because then they'd only last a few months and then they'd just... I, told you, I mean, you'd have to use a huge um, volume of fillers. So there's a big kind of vogue now for these what's called BBL fill, uh, fillers where they you know, for this kind of, you know, Kim Kardashian ass sort of thing, which, again, I don't understand. You can just eat donuts, you know. And it, it, you know <laughs> it'll have the same effect. Um, I don't know yeah. why you want to fat our ass, but it's like, so I, there may be same, the same phenomenon. It certainly wouldn't be something I would do, but, mm. you know, it's... But she has she has implants. I, well, I don't know Kim Kardashian, but I'm assuming looking at her bottom her rear end, which is quite famous at this stage, that she has some sort of like plastic Im- or I don't know implants in her bum, has she? I mean, I haven't been directly privy to it, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's, you, you know, there is, you know, um, I suppose a genetic predisposition to whatever 
uh, figure she has in the first instance. And so you can get implants for that, but quite often it is by using large volumes of filler um, strategically placed. Is there not a danger that is there not a danger that the filler can move around and your bum well, just changes shape? Not so then. Much moving around, but the, one of the great the problems with filler is that if you inject filler into an artery, it can act like a clot. Oh, okay. And so there have been you know serious complications with that procedure, um, and you know because particularly if you in an area let's say like like the nose for instance. Um, where you have end arteries, much like you have in the heart, that don't really have a lot of kind of channels or tributaries. And so if you stick something in your blockus, really there's nothing getting through to, to nourish that, that tissue, and that tissue will die. And people they will can end up losing the tip of the nose, oh, uh, tissue death, et cetera, et cetera. So they, you know, or, okay. or if it goes into the retinal artery, they can permanently lose their sight. All right, I'm, um, I'm, I'm looking at some of the text coming in. Somebody says, my missus is addicted to this, to this shit. And I think it's mank. You've a way with words, this person. My mates are starting to make comments. Does he ever tell women no? And I'll, I'll, let's not make this sexist, but let's say men I or women. I say no. Yeah. Um, and that is, is both an, an ethical and a kind of a banned constraint. Because, you know, if you... For me, it is, you know... I. I the long-term thing is you're better off to be honest with people, right? It's, it's even, and I, I have turned people away and say, listen, I don't think you need anything. I don't think it's going to suit you. You know, ultimately, they'll bring their sister and their mother and et cetera back to you. But apart from that, if you do something like that and you send someone out on the street to say, listen, go down to the beauty dock there on uh, William Street and you can look like me, that's not, not actually not doing you any favours. No, because you know, you're not so going you're, to look like her. Off anything. A bit by being like, you know, a, a kind of a dodgy mechanic. You, you can take them once, but they'll never be back. And so, so for me, it's, it's better just to make them happy and make them happy for life. And that's the bilateral equation, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm assuming then you've had people come into you and say, you know, give me lip fillers. You put them in, you go, oh, I want them bigger than that. And you're kind of going, well, I'm not going to do them bigger than that. That's as big as but they need to be. You know, it, it's some, you'll get, it, in that scenario, I'll get someone and I say, I want these big Russian lips. I say, listen, I know someone's great at that. I'll send you on to them. If, you know, if I'm sure that's what they want. And I yeah. talk to them and say, well, you know, and if that's what they want, then I send them off to them. Everyone's happy. Okay. You know, it, it's, I'm just not going to do it. Somebody wants to know, uh, nah, can you tell us some stories about the famous people that come in? Um, they're all at it, aren't they? So, I, well, 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 I, I, I know you can't go into names. I can't do that. Yeah, you but, know, but you do have famous like, people come in, do you? Yeah, of course. You yeah. know, but it's like, you know, generally that's on the back of like you know that you're going to be extremely discreet about it so more so than others so you know it's and again they are not advertising but they might tell their best friend and then their best friend has a few drinks and they might tell everyone and then you know and then they come in and it's like oh you're doing such and such and you're like well I can't discuss that but you don't necessarily deny it either, you know. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, by saying you can't discuss that, you're not really denying it, are you? But like, are Instagrammers and influencers important in your business? I mean, do they come in to you and they go, I have 10,000 followers, I, I want my lips done, I'll go onto Instagram and I'll show everybody, and I'll advertise you. I'm assuming those people are popular and good for business now. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a phenomenon, you, you know, get contacted. It's a mixed bag, you know. Some people, um, you know, have a huge impact in terms of like you get so many people and, and, and quite often people that actually that in fact you're, you're not doing it for free and you're not paying them or anything like that I mean you never pay anyone but like you know it's 
but if you're doing if you're doing free, but you have people who are just so effusive. Like I, some lovely lady and so TikTok now, lady who goes by social media, she puts it up on TikTok now. I I barely know my password, but like this lady is big on TikTok, and I had so many people come in. I was just like, you know, I basically had to go up look her up. I remembered her, and mm. I gave her a discount when she came in. But that was just out of you know, she documents her life, and that was just out of the goodness of her heart, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a mixed bag, and you do get nasty chances. And, and it, yeah, and it's good. For, I'm assuming it's good. It's like everything now. Every business uses social media to, to drum up business. And, and I'm assuming these people, they, are, they do influence other people to get work done. I, I, and I, I just, you know, I have, a, I have a few callers I'm going to go to after the break, by the way, who have had surgery abroad, so we're probably going to get oh, some horror right. stories. I hope not. Um, but I hope they're not all horror stories. So just finally, uh, in relation to uh, anybody sitting at home thinking, I'm heading off to Istanbul to get my hair done. I'm heading off to Turkey to get my teeth done. I'm going over to get my stomach done or my, my liposuction or whatever it is. What would your advice be to them right now? I think, look, it's safe to get it at home. I, you know, I, I, there are people who go over there. They're happy enough. I think really it's about research. You know, people can fake reviews. They can, But it's really about, you know, Ask them, look, what are your qualifications? How long are you in this business? Can you, is there someone I think you can actually put me in contact with who is happy with the work? Because if, you know, it's got a significant work, probably people, their friends know this anyway, say, can I kind of speak to people who are from Ireland, maybe who have been happy with your work, but, but also to directly ask them what happens if something goes wrong? What is the, what is the mechanism back? And also get like a full copy of your notes you know, paper, full copy, you're a scan. So if something goes wrong, at least you're not coming to the table with nothing. When you're panicking, you're turning up in St. James at like one o'clock in the morning. With sepsis like, after getting an infection. Laugh. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. having a laugh there and you're basically saying, I, I think I had something to do with this and I don't know anything about the procedure. So at least, you know, you're, you're coming with something to the table so that if you do okay. run into serious complications, it can help you, you know? Well, look, I've only heard good reports about you, David, anyway. Um, Dr. David Lucy, uh, better known as the beauty doc. You're on Instagram. You're on the, all the usual places, although you do say you don't know a lot about TikTok. Uh, you need to get into TikTok, David. Dave, TikTok is the thing nowadays. I'll call it there. You know, yeah. I've lost followers, fairly. But, um, and he's, you're in St. William Street in Dublin, if people want to um, go. By the way, how, how much is Botox? The most popular thing, obviously, is Botox. How much is Botox nowadays? It depends on what you're getting. So, so the standardly, so it's it's done by area in this country. It's like so standardly, you'd be like four is two areas, one one area pulls up, one area pulls down, because speed that's three areas, right? So that would be standard. In men, you have to give about fifty percent more dose, so it's a little bit more expensive. Men, so about fifty percent more expensive. Men. So in women, I charge like two ninety for three areas. In men, I charge three forty, just and that's purely cost. Um, mm-hmm. so and that would generally last about four months. So okay. that would kind of be. The, you know, the ballpark and there are things that you can do you can do less you can do more but and, and be... how much of the lips because that I watched I, have, I don't know have you watched The Apprentice there it was on recently <laughs> I, I haven't had TV for 20 years but it's good like, man you're better off you're not missing anything but I watched The Apprentice um, and there was like radio now, I don't need one, there, there was six women on it and six men and every one of the women had their lips done it was ridiculous looking they all looked like Mick Jagger it was absolutely awful but and they were all know, sitting pouting it's so well people should be able to tell like you can't you know you only see bad work well, that's so, it. So, you know, it's, um, but, you know, so lip fillers, I charge like 300, you know, depending on what they haven't done. But it's, you know, it, it, there's, there's variation, there's variation between places. But, you know, the main thing is to find someone who's doing it full time and, you know, and find someone who's, who's, 
qualified and it has experience. That's really, and also to kind of look at their view. I mean, I have 105 star reviews in Google in the last six months, so you can look at those. And you know, it's 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 those things are actually important. You know, to yeah. just research and ask questions. It's okay to ask questions and say, listen. But, you know, but the word of warning is don't go to Mary. Face. Don't go to Mary on Facebook who does, you know, tans, nails, and Botox while you're at it. You know, you don't, <laughs> you don't well, want you're that. You're running a bigger risk, you know. It's, yeah. it's like for the sake of saving 50 quid or something, it's 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 really not worth it. No, um, no, no. You know, so your face should be worth more than 50 quid to you. Do you know what I mean? Okay, well, look, so, I have to wrap it up. I've run out of time, but well, thank you very much indeed, and thanks for spending as long as you did talking to us. Uh, Dr. David Lucy, he's in South William Street. He's better known as the beauty doc. You can find him on all the usual socials. Listen, thanks very much indeed, David. I appreciate you coming on here. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Oh,